Hey guys, this is Mike Badano, and you're listening to Sarcastic Remarks on 365 Sportscast Radio Network. And welcome back to Sarcastic Remarks. This is Ryan Chambers alongside my brother Chris, and we are here today for you guys at 10.30 at night to talk about the two recent Stars games. Uh... Stars continue to roll against the bad teams. At least uh, they pull out wins of four to one, or excuse me, three to two, and five to two over the Monday Tuesday stretch. H- how you doing, Chris? I'm doing great. It's not like they they were just beating bad teams. I mean, they're taking care of business. They, yeah. They've been doing it. Pr- pr- they've been doing it pretty handily, except for that shootout win. But yeah, but they but I mean they are beating the bad teams, right? Like that's yeah. that's literally what they're doing. But but they're, they're doing it well. Yeah, they're so not just scraping true. by. Except for the one game, the, the the first game on Monday. I would agree with you. Although, you know, there were points in the game, especially that second period after the the Red Wings got throttled in the in today's game, and they came back and fought a little bit. Uh, you know, seeing this Red Wings team is actually kind of scary. The Well, one, because... Uh, it seems like they're already starting to get the the pieces that uh, Steve Geiserman wants for his uh, future team. So, uh, and you know they they fight back pretty bad, and it, and the Stars have had to work for uh, both of these wins in the past two games. Yeah, true enough. But I mean, they just don't have the skill to really compete, especially this game. That's what it came down to. We were just a better hockey team than they were. Well, and if you're looking for, like, a storyline for the night for Tuesday, I think it's just the emergence of uh, certain players in the lineup that stepped up despite, you know, missing a uh, Rope Hintz and missing a Miro Haskinen for one of the few times this season. So Miro exits the lineup, Joel Hanley re-enters the lineup, and uh, so Joel Hanley stepped up to uh, help replace Mira Haskin a little bit. And then uh, Sammy Vatanen, who has looked really good over the past you know week and a half, who came in for the Stars uh, through waivers, and the Stars claimed him off of waivers from the New Jersey Devils. Uh, he stepped in, up into that top four, and he looked pretty good. Yeah, he looked great in my opinion. It, it was very comfortable. Well, and what's awesome about... Uh, Vatnin is he's another puck moving defenseman uh that will I think would be a very useful uh 5-6 pairing for the Stars. So you know they've got now it seems like they've got a puck moving defenseman on all th- all three pairings which is legit. And then you know Joel Hanley is your number 7 which that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's it, a pretty good 7. Yeah, and the the stars just got deeper. That that was their big trade deadline acquisition was claiming Vatnin off of waivers. So, good pickup, very good pickup for the stars. Um. So uh, let's talk about this Monday game first. Um, the the Monday game was actually really fun to watch. You know, despite you know being scared with the fact that, uh, you know. We led the game twice, and we allowed them to to come back on both goals. Uh, it, it was still a fun game to watch overall. Uh, I mean, there were chances I thought Detroit, on both sides. Yeah, but, I thought Detroit played great. Yeah, that's why I thought it was such a good game, because Detroit played really well the whole game. 
So, yeah, I totally agree. That was a great hockey game. And, uh, you know, one, one of the bright spots for the uh, for the Red Wings this season has been the play of Luke Glendinning. And uh, he almost uh, doubled the amount of goals that he had for the season in one game. Uh, he, he, he gets two in the, in the game on Monday. And uh, he's not really known for his goal scoring. Uh, he's <laughs> But he's arguably one of the best face-off men in the NHL. And, uh, you know, Razor was mentioning this in the broadcast on Monday that he was very surprised that Luke Glendening did not get moved uh, just despite the fact that uh, he's such a good face-off person. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was definitely one of the few reasons why Detroit is even still competitive right now. So, yeah, he played great on Monday. If he can figure out how to do that, he, he could turn into a really awesome player, actually. And, uh, I mean, Rope Hints continues to do Rope Hints thing. Jason Roberts. Yeah, he was outstanding on Monday. Rope Hints was insane on Monday. He totally put that game on his shoulders and just took it. It was crazy. He was the star's best player for the entire game. The best player. And, uh, honestly, it was a, it was an absolutely fantastic uh, game all the way around from both teams. And, uh, you know, it just goes to show that even against these quote-unquote bad teams, which I would include Columbus in that now, because believe it or not, because of the recent play of the Red Wings, Columbus is now last in the Central Division. (laughs) So who would have thought that Detroit would be, you know, moving up in the standings despite (laughs) despite having a good team? Yeah, after selling and all that, so. But uh, it, it's been fun to watch this Detroit team as well. So, But anyways, uh, Jason Robertson again, you know, sc- scored again tonight in the in the Tuesday game, and he, and he continues to make his push for the Calder. Um, yeah, I'm starting to eat my words already from <laughs> from when you said he was going to take over Kaprizov. Like, it, it looks like it's uh, undeniable right now that it's going to happen. So it's pretty crazy. Well, and he's played, uh, what, Three less games, four less games, so something like that. Then Caprice. I thought it was more like five or six, but yeah, I saw stats that he's his points per game now is higher than Kaprizov's. It's like by point four, but like still. Still, it's it, it's it's higher. If he had played the same amount, his total stats would totally match up way higher than Kaprizov's. So yeah, that's definitely going to be an interesting storyline going down the wire this season. Is just watching battle between Robertson and Kaprizov. Well, and especially from the Stars' perspective, because, you know, uh, the Wild are firmly entrenched in the playoffs at this point. And one of the reasons is because of the emergence of Kaprizov. Um, And the only reason why, uh, a big reason why the Stars are in this hunt is because of the play of Jason Robertson. I mean, with Jason Robertson emerging, Rope Hintz has somebody to play with, because Denis Gurionov has not played his best this year. He's looked much better over the past, you know, week or so. But uh, still, that that combo uh, with Robo and Rope is just absolutely fantastic. Well, and Pavelski, too. I mean, those are our three highest scorers right now, is Pavelski, Rope, and Robertson, and they're all in the same line. No wonder the line looks good. <laughs> well, and here's the scary thing, is that Rope only has four less points than Joe Pavelski, right? And he's and played, he's, like, ten less games? Yeah, ten or twelve less games. So Rope Hintz is... is 
on like a point per game pace, even though it's he's... more than a point per game. It, is it? Yeah. How much is it? Is it? Oh, I can't remember. I know it was more than a point though. He, yeah, he's having a breakout season right now. It doesn't feel like it because he's not playing every game, so his stats aren't boosted the way they should be. But he's definitely having a breakout season right now. That's exactly what we needed, really. Right. And, uh, you know, he makes an argument why he may be the number one center even after uh, Tyler Sagan returns. Although, ah. we'll, we'll have to see about that. Okay. We All haven't right. seen a healthy Tyler Sagan play hockey in a while, though, so yeah, <laughs> we may be forgetting a little bit. That's also true. But, I mean, even last year, do you remember Sagan producing at this kind of a pace that Rope Hintz is? Last year, yes. Not during the playoffs, though. The playoffs, he was injured the whole time. And I'm not talking about the playoffs. I'm talking about pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, I don't remember him, you know, being as offensively uh, noticeable as I've seen Rope Hintz this year. I think you you have a a short memory. (laughs) I'm like Dory. I suffer from short-term memory loss, apparently. Definitely. But, uh, I mean... If we get everybody back healthy, can you imagine, you know, having Sagan as your number one center and Rope as like a, like a one B, even though he our lineup right now would center. be insane if everybody was healthy. It would be rivaling the Lightning for the best roster in hockey. It, it's crazy. I don't know if I, if I agree with you on that one because that. Bro, think or, about it. Well, the, the difference is, is the style of the play that the, that the Stars play and the style of the play that Tampa Bay plays. Now, Tampa Bay plays, you know, very hard-checking like the Stars do. but I, Yeah, not as skilled the, as Tampa Bay. About, right. I'm thinking about that but, third line. I'm thinking about the third line. So when you look at Foxa, Como, Coglietto, that's our third line. Yeah, right? that line would never be on and Tampa then, Bay. Yeah. And, then the, and then the third line for the, uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning is Yanni Gord, Barclay Goudreau, and you know Texas's own uh, Blake Coleman. So, and those three guys—I mean, those three guys alone can score goals and probably could push for a second line on you know maybe half the teams in the league. So, it—I guess it depends on how you look at it. You know, a lot of people say defense wins championships, but at the same time, that third line was one of the reasons why the Stars defeated us, or that the, the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning defeated the, us, the Stars in the Stanley Cup final was that depth of the third line. And I know part of it was, you know, injuries for us. But that third line destroyed us uh, in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, true. But, I mean, like, you just think about it. You have – so just for argument's sake, this isn't real pairings that I would do, especially right now when people are playing so well. But for argument's sake, let's say if everybody's healthy – the first line is Pavelski, Ben, Sagan. Second line, uh, Gurionov, Hintz, and Robertson. Third line is FCC, Foxacogliano, Como. Third Radulov line is a fourth liner? <laughs> yeah, Radulov is on the fourth line with Dickinson <laughs> and KV Ranta. And then these players what? <laughs> like Ty DeLandria and Tinder Caro. And they're just, no, they're not playing. Right, and, and, and those guys have been fairly decent for the Stars this year. That's the scary thing. Like, yeah, but if like, everybody's healthy, we could theoretically have Alexander Radulov on the fourth line. The fourth line. line. That's insane. But <laughs> it, uh, also on the flip side of this, though, is when you think about you know all the injuries that the Stars have had, would the emergence of Jason Robertson happen this year 
if it wasn't for no, it definitely this, wouldn't. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. So, but but just thinking Radulov about it now, in that top six, yes, thinking about it now, yes, I would. Oh, excuse me, I would agree with you, but uh, Radulov would still be in that top six if you ask yeah. me. It, it, it's just my wishful thinking of what well, what could be, <laughs> or what could be next year even. Right, and you know, it, it makes me go back to the days when we had uh, Zuccarello along with that. I mean, I, I love Zuccarello as a Dallas star. And could you imagine a line with uh, Zuccarello, Rope Hintz, and uh, Jason Robertson? I mean, yeah, that was a the, fun playoff run when we the, picked him up. Man, the chemistry that was one of the that, most fun yeah, loners it, I've the seen. The chemistry that just Hintz had with Zuccarello, and then now that the chemistry that we see Hintz have with Robo is just—I mean, it's ridiculous. It's like. It's almost similar to watching that chemistry between Zuccarello, Rask, and uh, Kaprizov, that top line for Minnesota, which is one of the reasons why Minnesota is just absolutely fantastic at that this year is because of those three guys. But, um, man, I, I wish we could have kept Zuccarello. Uh, but, anyways, getting back to these games, let, let's talk about, um, y- you know, the, the perspective of these four games. So, Okay, so the Stars are on a four-game winning – is it four-game winning streak or five? I think it's four. Four-game winning streak. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of people will say, well, yeah, but it's against the four bottom teams in the in the Central. Okay? And that's fine. But, you know, it's a lot better than losing those four games against the two bottom teams in the Central or, you know, splitting the games with them. The Stars took care of business, like you said. Yeah, that's what it is. It's taking care of business. And, like, everybody's going to play everybody the same amount in this division. Like, the other teams are lucky that they played these guys earlier. That's why their standings look better. So we're just balancing out the standings. But, yeah, we're definitely taking care of business right now. But we need to keep doing it in Detroit. We got to, like I said, we need three and a half of these games. (laughs) At least. We we really want four of them because... After that, we're gonna we, we have three games against the top two teams of the league, or in, yep. in the division. And our, our maybe the league. In, our, our games in hand over the uh, Nashville Predators has shrunk now as well because we finally yeah. started catching up to these other teams. I think we've actually played uh, more games than Carolina now, if I or the or the very same, if I if I uh, remember correctly. So the the stars are are you know on pace with the rest of the league now, uh, with the amount of games they've played, and uh, that just leaves the stars with two games in hand over the Nashville Predators right now. And if you include the two games against the Red Wings coming up, and you assume that we get three out of a possible four points, we're in the playoffs. That's a crazy thing, is despite all of our frustration this year, and you know us calling out a bonus at times, and us calling out Ben at times, and Sometimes, you know, the goaltending of Hudobin and, you know, even Ottinger sometimes. Uh, we've been a little bit more forgiving of Ottinger because he's a rookie. But uh, and, and then despite us being frustrated at the 12 losses in overtime or in shootouts, the Stars still have a shot to make the playoffs. How insane is that? A good shot. Like, it, it's almost becoming likely now that we're going to make the playoffs, which is insane considering how many games we've lost. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you look at the games we've lost. We have lost 26 games, okay, 26 games. Uh, and I know you would include the, the shootout losses as ties, but the, the way that the NHL would look at it, they've lost 26 times. And we've only won 18 games, okay? 
we have about what eight games remaining i think exactly right mm, yes eight eight or nine okay so basically in order for us to go real 500 to, it, we would have to win every single game from here on out and the, we have 11 games left we have 11 games left okay so we would have to win eight out of the next three no no nine out of the next nine out of the next 11 to consider you know going 500 including the overtime losses so you know with with the stars you know possibly making the playoffs without winning more than half their games does that change the outlook of how the nhl does the loser point do you think that changes i think it could but i don't think it will i mean i don't think there's a good alternative really because i don't want the full two points being decided by a shootout and you also don't want regular season hockey games going into like triple overtime when they've got to hop on a plane and play the next day at five like that's not a good solution either so i think what they have now is fine it's not ideal but there is no ideal i mean not like it's much better for the stars but i mean when you look at when you look at the mlb I mean, they still continue to, you know, they have extra innings until somebody wins, right? That sport's very different. They're also playing every day just because the sport is not strenuous. Well, and I, I know they're also trying to to limit the amount of time that, they, that they're playing the games now because it, I think over the course of the past five years, MLB has actually lost viewership because of how long these games are taking. And that's what a lot of people are pointing to, which is why they're losing viewership, is just because of how long these games are lasting. And that's why they added that whole stupid uh, second baseman uh, rule. Like, once it gets to the 11th inning, someone starts on second base or something like that. Mm-hmm. Why not Why not let the NHL go three-on-three three until somebody scores? Because that can still take forever. I mean, especially you've seen now, we've gone to shootouts so many times because people just circle back. If you make it three on three until someone gives it up they're never gonna take a shot like until they get an exact perfect moment to shoot because why would you give it up there's no reason to attempt a a decent shot if the other guys can take it right back the other way and get an even better chance than you had so i I think that's that's a bad idea just because i i know that would happen that's exactly what would happen is we would just be circling around the ice and it would be the most boring thing ever it's already going to start turning into that they're going to have to figure out how to deal with that coming up here soon, I think, because that's not going to stop. You go back to 4 and 4 maybe? No, that's that's not useful either. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's not as fun as 3 on 3. 3 and 3, 3 on 3 is so much yeah. fun to watch, especially when it gets insane. But uh but yeah. So, yeah. But if you want to be if you want to be most fair, the most fair thing to do is to have the game in a tie and split the points. But as Americans, we cannot handle that. <laughs> so, so we must have a winner. So we must do something. So as it is now, it's not the most fair, but it's the most fair while you still have a winner every game. So I don't think they should change it, but Batman's an idiot. Who knows? Uh, I disagree. Batman has done a lot for the sport, even though people hate him. Um. So I- anyways... Uh, Stars take care of business like they have the past two games. They win 3-2 in a shootout. By the way, we didn't mention that. They won. They finally won a shootout 
uh, again, even though that the other shootout they won was against the Red Wings. Yeah. At least they're winning a shootout against some team. Yeah. It right? took it, it, it took five rounds for us to win in a shootout. <laughs> Dobby and, just and, had to decide no one was going to score anymore, and that was the only way that we could win. Well, and two of those shots were missed; didn't even hit. Them. Yeah, they just missed. Just, <laughs> they, just didn't even hit the net. they had three shots on five shootout attempts. Okay, cool. We love shootouts. Sarcasm for the win. And uh, the, the, the nice thing about the playoffs is that, you know, once we get there, we don't have to worry about three-on-three three overtime or shootouts. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why it's, like, not even worth talking about. Like, oh, the Stars got better in shootouts. Like, okay, the season's pretty much over, and that's not going to help us in the future, so who cares? <laughs> that's that's my outlook on that. Right. Like, there's no reason to talk about it because it's not important for actual hockey because it's not hockey. So uh, four four wins in a row for the Stars, two against uh, the the really all of a sudden declining Columbus Blue Jackets, and then two against the uh, Detroit Red Wings here. I want to talk about tonight's win real quick too, because like especially for having Rope out and Miro out, which was kind of a shock I think to everybody. Like they they played the game the best way they possibly could have, and that's scoring early and just taking the life out of the game immediately. Like, that's what you had to do. Just don't give them any hope or else we're going to struggle to score like we always do. So we had to jump on them early, and that's exactly what they did. And I thought I thought this game we played as good as we could have. I thought it was fantastic. Now, again, I, I'm going to go on to this whole, uh, you know, we took advantage of what was there, right? So the the, the defense for the, for the Red Wings in the first period was absolutely atrocious. You know, when for two of the three goals, both defensemen were nowhere near the front of the net. And I think that's, you know, the reasons why we scored two of those three goals, especially the the Robertson goal. I mean, I mean, there yeah. was nobody in the front of the net for the Red How Red do you Red. sneak into the slot? What? <laughs> yeah, you be, you become Robo, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but, but again, uh, you got to take advantage of what they gave you. And that's what we did, even though it was. And that's what we team. didn't do at the beginning of the season, right? We, we didn't take advantage when we had those scoring chances, and now we are. We have guys who have confidence, like Robertson and Hintz have all the confidence in the world right now, and they're jumping on it, and they're scoring the goals. It's great. I mean, Robertson, yeah, he wasn't covered well, but he had an amazing shot to finish it. Like, top shelf cookie jar off of that? That was crazy. That was an amazing shot to finish it. So we... Those guys are full of confidence, and they figured out how to finish plays, and that's why we're just pounding on these teams like we should be. Well, and not just pounding the teams offensively, but defensively too. Both of our goaltenders have been absolutely excellent as of late, and yeah, especially and goal- in, in the month of April. Did, did you see yeah. that statistic they pulled up during the game? Yeah, absolutely. And, and in the past five games, we haven't allowed more than more than three goals. Yeah, three goals – to the Panthers on the 13th. Other than that, Columbus, we allowed one goal on each of those games, and Detroit, we allowed two goals on each of their games. So defense has been great. Goaltending has been great. We're finally scoring goals. All great. We all good here. Good. Right, and despite us missing, you know, a bunch of players out of our lineup, I mean, uh, when's the last time Kiviranta played? The March 22nd? I mean, I mean, you think about including. He's skating now. Yeah, he is skating now, and Sagan looks like he's going to be making his return in less than a week now. So I'm very excited for that. Uh, 
And again, I'll I'll pull up this question because I'm still seeing it a bunch uh, on Twitter, and I'm still seeing it on uh, Facebook. Uh, do you, the the logical thing to do would be to put uh, Sagan with Ben, right? Just right off the bat. But do you, do you put Sagan on the wing and let Ben play center? Because oh, you would ben never put playing? Sagan on the wing. You would never put Sagan on the wing. I just that would be see... crazy. I just don't see the benefit of pulling uh, of pulling Ben off of the center spot because th- that's if you, that, that's been yeah, the only that's way a, he's been good this that's, season. That's that's a fair topic, but Sagan moving to the wing is not. <laughs> Sagan will not move to the wing. He's an amazing center. I'd rather move Robertson or I mean r- move hints off of Robertson's line and have Sagan play with Robertson. Yeah, really? That's not going to happen. Yeah. I see I I, I disagree <laughs> with that. Sagan's 100%. not playing winger. Sagan's playing center somewhere, at least. Ben staying at center, that's a fair argument. I don't think he should. I think he just needed to get confidence back, and that's something that shook him out of whatever slump he was in. And I think he can keep playing the same way. So, Well, the the reason why, uh, and they mentioned this in the broadcast today, uh, Razor did, is that you know when you're a center, you're allowed to go deep into the defensive zone and you know plow through guys, and that's kind of Jamie Ben's style and how he plays, right? Well, you know, as a as a winger, when you're in the defensive zone, you're mostly up towards the top by the defenseman. You're there to to you know close off gaps and you know probably block a shot, and you're not moving much up there at the top of the defensive zone, so. In, in that aspect, I think that would, you know, hinder Jamie Benn. Yeah, and, and that's fine. I mean, I think keeping him at center is a, is a decent idea. Like, it's obviously worked for him. But, like, putting Sagan on the wing is not. That's not going to help him come back at all. He doesn't play wing ever. <laughs> and he's a great face-off guy. Why would you just give up a, a 58% face-off winning percentage? Well, is he going to be able to do that right off of the bat? Face-offs, yes. Maybe face-offs, but, but the rest of this stuff. I, I, he's a fantastic skater when he's fully healthy. And That's why you can say, like, put him on the fourth line for a little bit, even. If you want to leave Bennett center, put Sagan on the fourth line, give him less ice time, and let him skate and feel it out. But never put Sagan on the wing. That's a That was, that was a dumb thing to say. That was dumb. I disagree, but okay. I, I, I digress. Okay, so... All right, well, hear me out on this then. Would you, and I don't agree with this, but would you take Ben and put him on the third line and move Foxa down to the fourth line as the fourth line center and let him no. let Ben play with uh, Como and Cogliano? No. No? So, it, 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 you know, it's a good <laughs> thing that we're having these conversations. It, it, it's a, it's a, it's a good thing because... Yeah, remember when we didn't have any centers? Yeah. Like a week ago? <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, I hate to be those guys. Jeez. I know, man. And the, one of the things that has really benefited uh, Pavelski, though, is that he's not being forced to play center now. I mean, even when Hens is not in the lineup, he's still on the right wing side uh, with Robo. And, you know, normally it's Dickinson yeah. down the middle. Quick shout out to so, Dickinson. He played great this yeah. game. He was, that was an outstanding game by him. That uh, that pass from behind the net almost looked like he was Rope Hints there for a little bit. Right. <laughs> so, and again, it it just leads me to believe that, you know, 
of the players that Seattle is more than likely going to take, it's going to be Jason Dickinson or Jamie Alexiak. Uh, boo, bad news. But anyway, <laughs> what we were saying is, is that's a good problem to have. Lots of people are good. We don't want to mess things up. I think we'll be able to work it out fine. I think all our guys are feeling good right now. They understand that we have to push really hard. I think we're going to be great. Well, and now that this shifts to Detroit, uh, we're going to have to push even harder because we're going to have to play uh, on the road in a uh, in Little Caesars Arena up there in Detroit. And uh, do they have fans in stands in Michigan right now? I'm sure they do. <laughs> Doubt. I, I think most be- I think most places do right now, other than Canada. But uh, you know, I'm not I'm not looking at Detroit and saying that's going to be an easy four points, even though that's four points we should get. Despite what I've seen from the Stars and how they've played, the Red Wings have played just as well. You know, not that I think the only exception over the past six periods was the first period in the game tonight. You know, if it wasn't for the game tonight, (laughs) the Stars only—I mean, mean, it's what one to one, I would think. After that, right? You know, after the first period, they didn't really get a goal until. really late too and that was off a weak defensive play on our part too but yes i get your point they played decent other than the first period right yeah and and five of the six periods they've played they've played very decently so i'm not taking them for granted i'm not going to take them for granted and uh we're gonna have to see how the stars respond to uh, all of this stuff um uh, one other thing i wanted to mention about all these recent games is the fact that uh the stars are not forcing themselves to go on the special teams, on either side of the special teams, whether that be uh, power play or, even more importantly, the penalty kill. And you remember several weeks ago that like we were talking about, oh, my gosh, there's been 11 power plays this game, and you know the Stars are taking penalties left and right. The Stars have cleaned up their game in, in the past couple of weeks. And, you know, we talked about this when they were getting all those – all those penalties. It's like if they would just stay out of the box and, you know, because our penalty kill is not that great this year and we've shown that, we can play five-on-five five with basically any team in the league. And we've proven that. And the fact that, you know, we're doing well against all these other teams, in- including, you know, splitting us, uh, splitting a series with Tampa Bay and splitting a series with Florida and stuff like that. You know, if we stay out of the box and we take advantage of the few opportunities that we have, that's great for the Stars, and that's shown why the Stars have played so well over the past uh, week or two. Yep, absolutely. Special teams and goaltending. We've been seeing it all year. They've, they've been really good recently. So, Well, and it's absolutely ridiculous, the, uh, the goals against average for both uh, Ottinger and Hudobin. I think it's they're, they're both at... 161 right now in april which is that's that's absolutely so so they're they're letting in less than two goals a game whenever they're in and they're basically splitting the starts they may do like two and two or three and three or you know whatever but that was the other thing that we weren't getting a month ago is that like it the the goaltending just wasn't consistent you know you'd have one goaltender play a really good game and then play a really bad game and you know now we're getting it fairly consistency. You get getting consistency from the goaltending depth of this team. Uh, the one exception I would say is yesterday ag- against uh, Detroit. I think Hudobin didn't have a great game, and he would want s- probably that second goal back. But 
still, despite that, the Stars played their play their defensive style and they take advantage of when they need to get goals. So, it everything seems to be clicking on all cylinders for this team right now. And it's got to keep clicking. You need those points. Yep. And uh, bad news will, on the horizon. Yep. We we will see the Stars take on the Red Wings again on Thursday. And that'll be at 6.30, and then also on Saturday at 6 o'clock, where they'll finish out the season series. What's up with these start the times changing? Every, every every game this week was different by 30 minutes. What? what, what? This is stupid. Okay. TV times? Continue. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I don't think any of these uh, these games are on national TV. So. I don't but, know what's uh, up with that. but Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe they're just trying. Anyway, the NHL's trying to split these times up or whatever. So, in conclusion, we doing better. We need points. Red Wings still decent, so we need play good. Bad, <laughs> bad, bad stuff after these Red Wing teams need points now. Christian summing up the entire podcast in thirty seconds or less. That should be a segment. <laughs> New segment now. That's just the conclusion. Yep. All right. All right, guys. All right, we'll, we'll catch you guys uh, again on probably on Saturday night or maybe even Sunday night on our live radio show, and uh, we'll wrap up the season series with the Detroit Red Wings then. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter or on Instagram. You can also like us on Facebook. And, uh, find us wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you guys for